we've got some great potential value that can be realized with how you mix and match the capabilities in this ITCAM portfolio. When, when we're looking at synthetic or robotic transactions and real user or real transaction tracking, how do we talk to our clients about best practices for combining these two? I think that my experience is, has been that when you combine the real user with the synthetic, that you get you get a unique value proposition of, of, of having visibility and baselines and a known foundation uh, across a complex architecture and, and a complex application environment. What are we doing there to talk and work through with our clients when they want to use both synthetic and real user transaction tracking? requires you to put agents across that architecture. Generally. Yeah. So if I'm using real user tracking, do I need synthetic tracking? Clients may say that that's just additional data that I don't need or I'm, I don't want more events. How do you help clients in that scenario you just used? How do you help them see the value of having a known baseline transaction and then that correlation with the real user part, how valuable that potentially is?
arithmetic transaction would show you that because you would have a transaction failure. Do we have to do anything special when we're defining situations or events? How do we correlate that information together, right, to to say you have a real problem by you know, both looking and considering the, the synthetic and the real user? Is there something that we do to say, here, you have a real problem, or you could have, a like you mentioned, a decrease in real user traffic but the synthetic transactions are still going, so I don't need to worry about this potential alarm that was generated from the real user volume because my synthetics are still going. Do you, are you doing anything special on the back end to correlate these things together, create unique situations or scenarios um, to bring all that together? Visibility, right? Everybody wants that initial visibility oh, yeah. so they can then what. take action. So we've deployed our agents across a multi-tiered environment. We have the right visibility to collect information from each tier, from the mainframe environment. We've, we've got all kinds of data now coming into this new capability of, of IT Cam for Transactions version 7, and that's this transaction collector, transaction tracking capability. How much work is needed on the back end now to create that end-to-end transaction flow out of all this data? As everything, that varies depending on really exactly which pieces we've been able to to put in place. Um, If we've been able to do it Is it a point-and-click exercise? Do I have to be a expert in all those tiers? How do I? How do I? Again, I know some of this stuff happens automatically because we've done tagging or putting tokens or or something in each of those domains. But 
if I if I had that component where I have desktop agents providing part of that, how do I you know, how do I link all that stuff together so I have that pretty picture as my end state? There is no single answer, <laughs> um, and and there there are just other problems that we haven't even discussed here, uh, being that uh, the customer may already have some user dashboard that they want to populate and they don't want their users to see the test. So the, the data has to be uh, harvested out of the data warehouse or from the ITM infrastructure and placed appropriately in the existing tool, whatever that may be. So there, there's just, there is no silver bullet. Okay. When we talk about this unique transaction tracking capability, what, how do we have to have discussions with our clients more so with these application groups or other groups to make sure that they understand what's really happening when we're tracking transactions and by putting tokens or, or, or tags into the flow of, of transactions at the web server or the app server or the database server? Are there unique considerations that we need to go through to make sure that clients are aware of what's really happening when we put that agent on the box? In most cases, no. Uh, in most cases, there, there should be no perceptible impact anywhere due to the monitoring. Just none. Uh, so, it, the, the best time for that type of discussion is if the customer asks um, during the implementation once pieces are in place. Uh, because really it, the, the overhead is, should not be significant in the vast majority of cases. So uh, a high-level discussion is normally normally all that's required, but in, in some cases you have to go into more depth, but normally not. Okay. When we're using the response time agent and we're using this compliance mode, I've got a architecture that has, as most clients do, a big server load balancer, a Cisco or an F5 or you know, some sort of load balancer in front of my web tier. How do we talk with our clients to, around architecting in that scenario? Do we, do we want to recommend that we have a appliance mode agent in front of the load balancer and behind the load balancer? What are we generally trying to deploy? How are we trying to deploy these things in the appliance mode? Yeah, it does. 
So we're generally deploying the appliance mode on the same segment where our web tier is to provide visibility into all the traffic coming out of that environment. When we couple the use of the appliance mode, you know, one of the scenarios that I'm trying to sort of see how we approach was the, the traffic is coming into the load balancer as you know one URL, but the back end of that load balancer, right? The load balancer is sending traffic to many different um, web tier servers. And so my user experience or performance or response time may vary, right? I may, I may land on a web server that it takes me, you know, 30 seconds to complete a transaction, but the next user lands on a different web server and it takes, you know, 15 seconds or five seconds to complete that transaction. Do we have a solution for design and architecture that allows me to point towards that virtual IP at the load balancer, that URL, and get the whole path, but point now at, we call them test URLs or real URLs that that uh, I can point at, at each individual web tier server and then again, see that perspective, right? So I can troubleshoot and half split. Do I have a problem that's potentially being masked by the load balancer? Can I see a performance across a specific entry point compared to, you know, that, that one URL in front of the load balancer? Um, no. There is, well, a second. Depends on if, if you're a glass half full or half empty kind of person. So, uh, the answer is maybe. Um, there, there are some possible different approaches. Um, uh, I think that's really the, from an operational, you know, perspective, somebody says it's slow, right? We're getting complaints that the users are trying to log in and it's slow. But because we're only testing at the main URL level, right? The problem is potentially masked. Because it's being routed around that. How do I see the end-to-end? How do I see the performance from each web server's perspective? If I have ten web servers behind a load balancer, I want to see individual response times from the perspective of if I logged into each web server separately. Is there anything we need to do to, again, is, is this more sophisticated to correlate, you know, all that stuff together on the back end, or is it pretty normal just to see all that data on one screen?
caused that particular occurrence. Uh, I can't, I can't recall a default workspace that gives you that particular perspective. Okay. When we're using the desktop client response time, uh, time agent, what do we need to understand in terms of architecting for deployment of that capability? Do we need to understand how many users, how do we scale that out? Well, what's our recommended deployment architecture for use of the desktop agent? Is it a, I'm a company of 500 people distributed across the country. We're going to push that out everywhere or do we recommend a sampling approach or a geographic approach? Uh, a sampling approach based on, normally based on geography or, or however the network's set up. So just, uh, so a location-based sampling, but that location needs to be based on the network configuration. Because I've, I've seen, as we all have, for example, people sitting right next to each other who happen to be on different subnets because the network was installed in two different phases. And so one person can get them where the next person can't. And so it's, they're in physically the same location, but as far as the network is concerned, they're miles apart. Um, also, uh, using the client response time agent, the deployment of it, it uh, needs to be somewhat sensitive because it will automatically, out of the box, uh, record Microsoft Outlook transactions. And the transaction name is the subject of the email, if they open one up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So so the, the people need to be notified, and normally it needs to be, initially at least, savvy users, just so everybody knows what's happening. Apart from a location-based segmentation, sampling type approach, are there others that we might recommend, such as business units or groups or building floors, the VIPs, right? If, if I want to make sure that I have visibility in how the experience of the CEO's transactions are, how would we implement such an approach like that? Talk a little bit about how important it is for you to just to understand what they want to use that agent for, what applications they want to manage on the endpoint, and there's a list of supported things. 
do we have visibility into these fancy web applications, rich internet applications or web 2.0 stuff like Flex or Flash or Java uh, from the desktop perspective? Uh, almost any uh, application can be instrumented for client response time. Uh, since those types of web 2.0 applications are, are not very prevalent in the business world, I haven't seen anything with them from the client response time perspective. You can get information and end-user response time information through the web response time agent, which grabs, which will see the request when it comes to the web server. And when it sees that, it does also, it, the web response time, maybe the name is a little bit off, but it will give you actual end-user response time. Um, so what, what it does is it uses uh, TCP packets and acknowledgments between uh, the systems involved in the communication to determine how long it actually took the last packet to really get to the client. So it seems like if we have visibility into everything coming out of and into the interface, the network interface, then what, what do we mean by supported applications, right? If I can see everything on the on the on the wire, are we doing anything locally? Are we are we doing oh, uh, decodes okay. or or how do we know what we're tracking and what we're not tracking? Oh, you you have to. Well, it doesn't see everything on the wire. The web response time agent can only see HTTP and in some cases HTTPS traffic. For the timing of that traffic, it does look at uh, the underlying uh, TCP packets uh, for for the timing information, but it does not look at uh, all of the protocols and all of the traffic over that particular interface. Now, from the client response time side, it the the client response time agent has to be configured to for it to recognize these different applications. So you have to you have to uh, fill in this XML config file to tell it what these applications are going to look like. And that uh, and the way it does that is by looking at the uh, windows, generally the the windows that are presented. So you, are you using Rational Performance Tester to build that instrumentation file that you need to push to the desktop? No, it's a manual configuration. Okay. That's, I mean, that sounds pretty complex. Uh, normally, oh, it is. I'm used to using the, the Rational Performance Tester type tool to say, okay, well, the user is going to use the browser. They're going to put this URL in. They're going to enter their credentials. They're going to click here or click there, and, and you can watch for that behavior on the end-user side with some of the other tools. So it's nothing like that uh, at the desktop? No, it, at the desktop, uh, you have to, yeah, you aren't recording anything. There, there are some tools that will help you identify things going on. There is, and it's, the, the name is ETE Watch. And I believe it, it will output information 
information about some of the things going on, but the configuration is manual, and that, that's why Tivoli specifies that list of supported applications. Those are the ones that Tivoli has gone through and, and identified what they look like so that the DTE watch or the client response time agent uh, can actually pick those up. Okay. That makes sense. Are we limited to the types of endpoints, desktops, where we can deploy this agent? Is it limited by operating system or type of device? Windows or so, the client response time. Okay, so we can't see Linux, we can't see Blackberries or iPhones or anything like that? No. Okay. How do this this sort of cool end-to-end dynamic correlation across these multiple domains work, right? There's this new Tappy uh, API. Can you, do, you, do you have much understanding of how all this uh, secret sauce works when we're trying to correlate and stitch together everything across multiple domains in a complex end-to-end architecture? design or architecture considerations that we need to take into account when we need to use the TT API? Yet of 
how difficult or complex or the level of effort to architect, design, and implement a custom integration that's leveraging this TT API? something that is not going to be included in this initial quick start, you know, initial deployment, right? It's probably something for the long haul as a client matures and increases their deployment and use of IT camper transactions where they're going to be full-fledged projects and development release cycles to leverage that capability. Correct. Okay. Okay, so there's probably a discussion there that needs to be had around pros and cons and visibility and trade-offs between ARM versus TTAPI. Transaction tracking collector is a term you've used here. Can you talk a little bit about what the transaction tracking collector is, why and when these might be needed, and what types of architectural or design considerations we need to be aware of for this component? data collectors 
on remote systems that are collecting timing data uh, for some component, but remotely sending those TTAPI events to the running collector agent on some other system. So the data collector that is on some remote system doesn't need to be a, a process. It can just be a library, the TTAPI library, that is remotely sending the events to the collector agent. This is an integral part of every agent we, or every agent type that we would deploy at each tier? Sounds like considerable thought needs to be placed into how those are going to be deployed and utilized. As I've read through here, I've, I've learned that there's a child of these transaction tracking collectors called a data collector. Can you talk about what the difference is between a transaction tracking collector and a data collector? Through the TTA 
Okay, so that's the feet on the street, if you will, right? That's the initial point of data collection of domain-specific data from MQ or ARM or Kicks or uh, other key areas feeding into the transaction tracking collector and then ultimately into this other component called the transaction reporter. Can you talk about the transaction reporter? Is this a mandatory component? Do we always need to have this? What, what types of architecture or design considerations do we need to take when considering this transaction reporter component? No scale component here. I mean, do we do we need to worry about sort of the stove piping of lots of data? I mean, is there any anything happening? The collection of data from the you know the plugins or the the uh, data collectors up to the transaction tracking collector up to the reporter. Do we need to do we need to worry about some threshold that we cross? Do we need to add more to to manage anything on the back end? Failover things here that are equally important to consider. Do we do we have you know redundancy of these finite components compared to what we would have at the you know the core ITM component, or is it all just part of the same thing? Experience and exposure has been that this business transaction management area, IT for transactions, is probably no different. But we collect a lot of data. You know, we have the potential to collect a lot of data depending on that architecture and deployment of this technology. Where's all the collected data stored? Is this in Tivoli Data Warehouse? Yep, that's the only place it goes. Is is this? Uh, Something that we need to be very cognizant of, of the impact of, of this data into 
Tilly Data Warehouse? Are there different sizing and scalability or aggregation or pruning or types of things we need to do to not take Tilly Data Warehouse to its knees when we turn on broad-based transaction tracking? Absolutely. Uh, and there are some guidelines in, in the documentation, but uh, it, it's, it's several agents, new agents that will be installed. And, and so all of the, the normal uh, best practices need to be followed to determine uh, the sizing and the number of uh, uh, pruning agents that are running and proxy agents and all that stuff. How about granularity? How much data are we typically keeping and how granular is that? I'd like to talk now about we've done all this architecture and design work. We've done a great deal of work on workshops and interviews, discovery interviews, questions. We've understood the types of architecture components they have across the different tiers. We've completed our initial architecture and design document and gotten sign-off from the client. How does that typical IT Camper Transactions deployment start? Do we start with a specific type of software? Uh, or do we start with the prerequisites? Do we, how do we move through that deployment exercise? The first thing is, uh, well, if ITM is not installed, it has to be. We've got to get that installed right now. Um, because everything else is useless. Uh, so, if ITM isn't installed, we need we need to get it installed. Uh, if ITM is already installed, that's great. And what we need to install first is uh, the application management console agent, which is an infrastructure piece uh, for uh, ITCAM for transactions. There's also uh, depending on the OS that that's installed on, we may have to separately install the multi-file uploader agent. On Windows, it's automatically installed. On Linux and other platforms, it's not automatically installed with the application management console. Um, and then we also need to install the reporter agent. Uh, once we have that, uh, we also need to uh, install Rational Performance Tester somewhere on a box where we can use it, where we can record things, uh, and we need to have at, at least one URL that hits some machine that we have some control over so that we can, we can make an initial test, we can get a synthet synthetic transaction going quickly, and we can get moving that way. Are there any keys to success? that you would recommend when deploying the required software footprint? Again, if I'm a Greenfield client, I don't have ITM previously installed. Can you share some of your best practices or recommendations for deploying that uh, prerequisite software? Uh, oh. Top three. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, wow. 
I mean, does it, does it get simpler, right? I mean, if, if I'm only using ITM to support ITCAM, is it simpler because I don't need to worry about deploying any of the vast array of traditional ITM agents? I don't have to worry about OS agents or ITM for databases or ITM for applications or X, Y, and Z. Is it easier or is it just as complex? Do I need to go through the same steps when I want to use it to support IT CAM for transactions? It is yes and no because <laughs> one, of, one of the agents that you brought up actually may be very important. The OS agent, which, which I'm pretty sure the license for IT CAM gives you the, the right to use. Um, without the OS agent, you cannot remotely deploy most things. And you can't run take action remotely. So it, it's there has to be, and what what we have in all of these, well, all of us in Gulf Breeze are ITM experts, and so we go through with the customer what is required and. And we try to get OS agents installed on all of the machines so that we have more capabilities. Uh, if the customer doesn't want that, we, we let them know the ramifications of that choice. And we, we, we do our best to make it as, as easy as possible. But, uh, ITM does have challenges, lots of challenges that, that Many of us are aware of those. Those same challenges are there when when you're just using it in support of uh, IT Can. Okay. Can you think of any things that we would do to help our clients prepare or avoid these challenges, or would you go as far to say that if if IT Cam is your first exposure to Tivoli, that that is a venture? that you really want to engage professional services help to get you started with? Yeah, I, I would definitely say that. It, it sounds like a tainted comment coming from someone who makes money off of those services, but it, it's really true. Um, the software is expensive. Uh, it's absolutely expensive, but the return on that investment can be great if it's done correctly. And it can be money thrown down the toilet if done incorrectly. Yeah, I would agree. We've started that deployment. You've got these components out there. Are there any final considerations that before we turn on the switch to go live, right, in a production deployment? Are there any, is there a final checklist of things that we should do you know, to get through that change control process to now turn this on? in a production live environment. Can you think of anything there that, that we would want to make sure our clients are aware of or have, have put a tick in the checkbox? Uh, nothing in particular because this product is, uh, there's no big light switch for turning it on in production. Normally, the, the one of the first things we'll try to do is have a synthetic transaction going against the production URL. So theoretically, it's in production within the second week. 
Correct. Um, <laughs> but uh, to for moving everything about it in the production, that's like anything else, that's a huge undertaking based on what tools the customer is currently using, uh, what processes they need to be updated for new events that are going to be coming in, uh, what new events are going to be coming in. There, there's a huge checklist to, uh, I mean, to even define what it means to move it into production. Do you see clients with a mature enough process within the monitoring tools group that you know we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna deploy a new URL synthetic or real user monitor. Do they do they know what that process is? Are they do they have a mature process at all that that guides them through we're going to do X, Y, and Z and then we're gonna work with the folks on the frontline operations center they're going to have new events. Here's the process and workflow that they have to follow when they see these new events. Do most clients have that level of maturity, or is it still pretty haphazard? That's a rhetorical question. <laughs> <laughs> I know the answer. I just want to see what you guys are seeing. And if haphazard. They say there's a process, and then it's out the window. <laughs> They say there's a process as long as somebody else is following it, but that's just to to stifle the implementation long enough for them to figure out what they're doing to then change the process. Yeah. 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 So that sort of leads me into these final areas of questions here. We've are you as as a an accredited business partner for Tivoli with a long pedigree of success in ITM and, and fundamental Tivoli products. How do you help clients get to realizing that value? We've got the scenarios where we just run and gun and we get the software installed. We we do a great job. We get the checkbox. We get the check in the mail. But I firmly believe that this is one of those products, as most of our products are, that everything we do after that is really what leads to a great customer experience or that client getting value from the software. Are, are, are you doing anything as part of your knowledge transfer, your mentoring, uh, your, your training that really helps clients adapt, adopt, and get change in their environments to really leverage this capability that they've just invested in? I think it's easy. Again, I think the technology part 
works itself out, right? You guys probably get the software installed, get it operational, uh, as all of our business partners do. But how do we, you, the business partner, we, IBM, how do we need to help clients leverage that data, interpret that data? How do you how do you help a person on the front line who's used to alerts that say something's broke? How do you get them to now think about how to approach a problem when we say this URL transaction is slow? It's not a definitive black and white, the server is down, but it's slow. How do you how do you change the operational workflow? Uh, skills, knowledge to leverage this new visibility? Uh, part of what we do is uh, take them through uh, different scenarios like that and try to identify the, the different what-if scenarios that, that they have so that we can document those um, through uh, screenshot recording or uh, and or documentation so that uh, it's really okay uh x transaction is slow what do i do now and we provide we'll create custom workspaces or views um what we actually had at uh uh bank most recently is they had uh a success criteria document where where they stated, okay, if something, if our testing apparatus dies, we should see X. And so we screenshotted out exactly where you would see X. And in that implementation, we had actually uh, the main view for, from a customer's perspective was TBSM, getting data from ITM through lots of different mechanisms. Uh, along with in-context launching into ITM from TBSM. So really screenshotting it out and asking them what format they're used to consuming instructional data in. I, I certainly understand that, but I want to come back to this point. If, we've, if our clients always do what they've always done, the results they get are what they've always gotten, right? So do we need to help the clients get more mature organizationally, new roles and responsibilities. Most clients don't have that end-to-end focus. Would you agree? Yes. They're very siloed. My job is to troubleshoot distributed or mainframe or databases or network. How do we need to help clients be ready to take on an end-to-end visibility and troubleshoot responsibility, you know, Ownership, diagnostics, triage, so they can move the ball forward to problem resolution. That's definitely a tough one. It, well, it's explaining exactly what you just said to them. And, uh, yeah, and, and just working, working with them to, uh, them how the tool can be used to identify those things, to recognize that uh, the app server is slow as opposed to the web server, just where to, just to understand 
challenges, but normally uh, those challenges and the the goals for the product are really ingrained in the customer during the sales cycle. Yeah. So that seems like it's something that's already done. Unfortunately, I, I would agree. You know, that's why I think we need to start that two-edged sword. I need to open up the client's eyes to the long-term strategic value that business transaction management can offer versus the tactical solve my problem right now where we most often start. You know, if we solved all the problems, you know, we solved all these tactical pain points in the first X amount of time, how do we instill in with the client the ability to reap value over the long term? That's that's the area that I really want to to focus on getting our clients to that point. I know we've got to solve the pain points. I know we've got to solve these you know these very tactical quick win scenarios. But beyond year one, when the sexiness of this te- technology has waned and it's, it's normal, right? It's it's all normal. How do we how do we make sure that it doesn't become just another tool? How do we make sure that our clients are excited about the technology? They're excited about the maintenance bill, right? They're willing to pay the maintenance bill. They're willing to bring in our business partners or professional services teams to attack the next complex service or even get more proactive than that and and, and get involved in new product release and new product launches. So we're thinking about these things before we go to production instead of throwing it over the wall and the tools guys will figure it out after it's in production. Right. And uh, I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It's a, that's that's what I want. (laughs) That's what I want IBM and Tilly to be successful with, right? It's, it's the long haul. It's, it's, it's the strategic value after we've solved the, the tactical problems. Do you have any recommendations for the life cycle, right? So what what do we need to think about in terms of, you know, the Gulf Breeze has been on site. You've got it deployed. You've got a, a URL or a few instrumented. The client sees that quick win realized. How do clients need to think about the life cycle? How do we, you know, you need to to... to you know, technology and the business and the needs, IT is always changing, right? There's always some change to that URL. There's always a new release. There's always new capability or new new features added to support the needs of business goals and objectives. My experience has been that those things that you might have done on that first project are are out of date, you know, within a few months because of those oh, changes. Yeah. Clients need to develop a life cycle for reviewing the accuracy. Do you, do you offer any best practices or tips or guidelines to say, we built this first URL transaction flow. Now you need to implement change control on that. Now you need to implement versioning on that. Now you need to be tied into the business or the corporate change management process so you know when that changes that you're going to have to go back and change something you might have done on the back end to be accurate now. That's a big Big thing that's that's important that clients adapt and adopt to in their environments. You offer any suggestions there? Uh, we could, but nobody ever asked. 
Frank, I want to wrap up here and, and truly appreciate your time investment today. You've shared a lot of great insights into this new ITCAM for Transactions version 7 product, which has a tremendous amount of potential and feature and capability for enabling clients to implement a business transaction management solution across a huge array of, of technology uh, domains and components, uh, the broader ITM family with Gulf Breeze's expertise and experience there. Obviously, you guys are one of the leading go-to business partners to provide the highest chance for success in implementing ITCAM for transactions. So I want to, again, thank you for your time. I would enjoy further conversations uh, with you as as you guys gain more and more experience and exposure to the new release and subsequent features and functions that come in fixed packs. But again, I want to thank you for your time today, Frank. Encourage you to uh, keep up the blog. <laughs> keep sharing those great tips. It was a great one you shared about TBSM not too long ago. And, and again, I want to work with you on continuing that as we exploit the new capability of this tip-enabled environment. And I think there's lots more things there that can be done to really help clients be successful with all those products that become tip-enabled over time. Awesome. Well, I appreciate the invite, and I'm um, up to more discussions like this. Absolutely. Okay. Well, great. So tell Ivy and all the folks I said hi, and uh, I'll be in touch in the future. All right. Thanks a whole lot. All right. Take care.